Welcome to Rhema for Today. On the other hand, we have those like myself and others who are contending, blessed be God, for the miraculous, for the power of God. A leader of one of our leading full gospel denominations said to me, in our full gospel denomination that was born, you see, in the fire of the Spirit and the outpouring of the power of God, in the supernatural and in the miraculous. He said in our state, our meetings, not just little sectional meetings, but statewide meetings, we'd have as little as 50 people and 100 people show up. And so we had a meeting, and they discussed just dispensing with certain meetings because nobody's coming. And this gentleman said to me, I just held my peace, and finally one minister said, I believe we ought to ask Brother So-and-so. He's an elder in our midst because he was one of the founding fathers of the Pentecostal movement. I believe we ought to ask him. And so he said, they asked me to comment. I wouldn't have commented if they hadn't. But he said, when they asked me to comment, he said, I rose and said, gentlemen, I believe we're out of order. And even discussing, canceling any meetings, I think there's only one thing that we need to talk about. That is how to make our meetings more spiritual. That is how to bring the supernatural working again into our midst. You're listening to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. Right now, Let's join Kenneth E. Hagan with today's teaching. I said, thank God for the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and don't you misunderstand me. It isn't all tongues, and we don't want to leave that impression, but right on the other hand, tongues are a part of it. Let's don't leave that out. Let's take all of it, all of it, you see. To leave tongues out would be sort of like to describe an elephant and leave his trunk off. <laughs> well, a trunk is not all there is to an elephant, but without the trunk, it wouldn't be an elephant. Are you listening to me? And speaking with tongues is not all there is to the Holy, the baptism of the Holy Ghost and being filled with the Holy Ghost. But blessed be God, it's part of it. Let's don't leave it out. Let's take the whole thing in. Amen. Can you say amen? And so I said to this Baptist pastor, let me tell you. I said I was going along doing the best I could. And even as a young Baptist boy preacher, uh, I said, I, I, I was healed by the power of God. I saw what the Bible said about faith in Mark 11, 23 and 24 and prayed the prayer of faith for myself and was raised up from a deathbed. And then I taught that, laid hands on people, known them with all because the Bible said saw a few people healed. But I said, since being filled with the Holy Ghost and praying in tongues, that's been the greatest boon first to my own individual spiritual life and second to my ministerial spiritual life. Amen. Many times I've prayed an hour or two in other tongues and went out to the service and the power of God fell on us and every sinner in the house got saved. Amen. Every single sinner in the house got saved. Every backslider got saved. I've spent an hour or two praying in another tongue. I was going to preach a fellowship meeting several years ago down in East Texas. They'd invited me to preach this fellowship meeting. I was still pastor. And so I, I got up real early. And when the sun was coming up, the parsons right next door to the church, I was walking up and down the aisles of that church praying in other tongues. 
tuning up, getting ready, getting in, in the supernatural realm. And so I went to this fellowship meeting of my particular full gospel denomination of that day and, and, and they give me the service about 11 o'clock and I preached about 40 minutes and then I gave what we call a message, an utterance in tongues and the pastor of that church interpreted it and then I gave another utterance in tongues and the pastor of that church and interpreted it and then without anybody saying anything, there came something, every preacher, uh, those of, of, of authority said, you know, there's something just swept through there like wind. I heard it blowing. Something swept through that building. It just went. And everybody in there that was lost got saved. And everybody in there that didn't have the baptism of the ghost began speaking in tongues, just sitting right in the chair. And every sick person in the place got healed. Nobody touched one of them. They had rolled a woman in on a stretcher. She had had six operations. She'd had this one, now she's still, you know, doctor said we've done all we can do. She's dying, she's dying. And when that went, she jumped off off that stretch and started running up and down the aisles. Glory to God, glory to God. You see, the Holy Ghost, the supernatural, the supernatural. You see, man, the heart of the spirit of man craves the touch of the supernatural. And God's provided it for us. The love for the miraculous is in every man, in every man. The curiosity for the miraculous is deep-seated in man. Man was brought into being by a miracle work in God and will ever yearn to work miracles. The supernatural realm is really man's realm. Sin has blinded us and kept us from finding the secret door, so to speak, that will lead us back to our lost estate. But thank God the hunger is there. And if we'll seek after it and seek after God, we'll find it. And the miracle is the way to bring the man to God. Is there a miracle? element in Christianity today, there should be. Did miracles end with the death of the apostles, like some people tell us? Are the so-called miracles that man claimed to perform today, are they fraudulent? Or are they purely psychic? Now these are questions that we cannot ignore. I know there's come a falling away from the part of the churches. Even churches who used to believe in the supernatural. And the supernatural was an everyday occurrence, so to speak, in their midst. Now the supernatural has waned and the miraculous is no longer in manifestation. Modernism in many quarters dominates the great religious forces of Christendom. It's denial of the supernatural. In Christianity, makes it simply an ethical religion. On the other hand, we have those like myself and others who are contending, blessed be God, for the miraculous, for the power of God. A leader of one of our leading full gospel denominations said to me 
in our full gospel denomination that was born, you see, in the fire of the Spirit and the outpouring of the power of God, in the supernatural and in the miraculous. He said in our state, our meetings, not just little sectional meetings, but statewide meetings, we'd have as little as 50 people and 100 people show up. And so we had a meeting and they discussed just dispensing with certain meetings because nobody's coming. And this gentleman said to me, I just held my peace and finally one minister said, I believe we ought to ask brother so-and-so, he's an elder in our midst because he was one of the founding fathers of the Pentecostal movement. I believe we ought to ask him. And so he said, they asked me to comment. I wouldn't have commented if they hadn't. But he said, when they asked me to comment, he said, I rose and said, gentlemen, I believe we're out of order. And even discussing, canceling any meetings, I think there's only one thing that we need to talk about. That is how to make our meetings more spiritual. That is how to bring the supernatural working again into our midst. And he said, we began to work on that. Now then, there's only three churches in the state that can house the crowd that comes to a monthly fellowship meeting. Amen, because the crowds have grown. You see, their own people were hungry for the supernatural. And when the supernatural began to be manifested, and the supernatural was into manifestation, the people came, blessed be God. They came in the days of Jesus because he was a miracle worker. And I'll tell you, when Jesus is working today, when you'll turn him loose, when you'll let him work in your midst, they'll come again. Praise God. Fred Price is an example of that. We went there to his little church. I called it a cracker box church because somebody handed him some of my books and some of these tapes and he got hung up on this and said, come and help us. And so we went because the spirit of God said, go. And in a little old auditorium that would seat maybe 150 in a little bitty balcony, we finally crowded about, packed in like crackers, about 300 in there. And then he went over, you see, and bought other facilities. And, and in four years' time, has gone from 300 to averaging about 3,750 people every Sunday morning. Glory to God. And, and uh, I've been there on Sunday morning. You know, not to preach. I didn't even know I was coming, you see. And, and, and I didn't preach. And I said, no, Fred, I just want to sit back. And all he did is walked up and down, walked around the altar and taught the word, the supernatural, the miracle working word of God. And then gave an invitation before he prayed for the sick. And you know what? He averages anywhere from 40 to 80 people, I guess, every Sunday morning coming. That's God to get saved, filled with the spirit and join the church. And then he has a healing meeting, you see. Every Sunday, every Sunday. I remember years ago, I used to go down in Texas to, to Texas District Council meetings of the Assemblies of God. And I remember again and again, and I took it as a youngster, just as a teenager from Raymond T. Ritchie. He said, divine healing is the dinner bell. Keep ringing that bell, people come. I went back to my little old church, you know, that's running less than 100 in Sunday school. Just, just did what Richie said. I started ringing the dinner bell every Saturday night. I rang the dinner bell and nothing happened. We fell flat on our face. I mean, for six months, nothing happened. But after six months, things started happening. Praise God, the insane were delivered. 
the paralyzed were healed. People were raised up from deathbeds and people came from several counties around and would fill the building up on Saturday night. Glory to God. You see, I just kept on ringing the bell. I've been ringing it for 44 years and I'm not going to quit now. I'm going to keep on ringing it. Hallelujah. Because you see, the word of God works. Men and miracles. Jesus is as much a miracle as ever. He hasn't changed. Man needs this miraculous touch today just as much as he ever did. Some people said, we don't need it today. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We need it today. We need it today. Well, thank God we can act upon God's word and God's word will work just as much now as it did in days gone by. Jesus Christ, the Bible said, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. He's the same Jesus now as he was then. If he healed back yonder, he heals today. If he worked miracles, then he worked miracles today. Now, he works. We need to find out how he works. You see, when you can find out how he works, and you can work with him, then, blessed be God, things will happen. Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. You can find more great materials by Kenneth E. Hagan, Pastor Hagan, and the rest of the Hagan family by visiting our online bookstore. To find out more about this month's special offer, you can go to rhema.org. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G, rhema dot org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Tomorrow, more from Kenneth E. Hagen. If you'd like, you can visit our online bookstore at rhema.org. Thanks for listening to Rhema for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan.